tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Faces of Bill Peden. William Earl Peden. Bill was born in Green Forest, Arkansas, February 19, 1941, and passed from this life on February 25, 2021. He is survived by his wife, Lois Peden, son, Greg Peden. Daughter-in-law, Ellen Peden. Son, Chris Peden and daughter-in-law, Jackie Peden. Daughter, Michelle Starks. Son-in-law, Greg Starks. Ten grandchildren. Five grandchildren-in-laws. And seven great-grandchildren. He is also survived by his older sister, Pat Carlton of Oak Grove, Arkansas. Younger brother, Jack Peden of Berryville, Arkansas and younger sister Elaine Church, Siloam Springs, Arkansas. This paragraph was published in the Green Forest newspaper in May of 1958. He graduated from Green Forest High School in 1958 as the class valedictorian. As a freshman, he held the office of secretary treasurer and held the same office in the sophomore class. A 4-H club member for four years, secretary treasurer of the club as a senior, a member of Who's Who the third and fourth years, 
FFA the first three years, treasurer of this group as a junior, and a state delegate as a sophomore, school paper staff for three years as an assistant editor his junior year and editor this year, art editor of the annual this year, pep club third year and commercial club the last two years, president of the Glee Club and president of the library club his senior year. After graduation from high school, he moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and attended Tulsa University while working full-time. It was during this time that he met and married Lois, and they began their family. He graduated from Tulsa University in 1972 with a bachelor's degree in accounting. He had begun his career in the mailroom at Warren Petroleum in Tulsa, And he worked his way up the ranks through accounting to the executive suite. He worked through two mergers and retired from Chevron in 1997 after 38 years. After retiring from Chevron, he worked at the family CPA firm, Peden and Associates, until his final retirement in 2012. Throughout his life, he helped many nonprofit He helped start Reach Out America and worked many years at Hope Village. He always had a love for ministering to others. He never met a stranger and he never had an enemy. William Earl Peden, Mr. Bill, Brother Peden or Pawpaw is many things to many people. Son, brother, nephew, husband, father, uncle, father-in-law, grandfather, great-grandfather and friend. He was a man of great love and great laughter. His life revolved around his church and his family. Bill and Lois were always together. You never said Bill or Lois. You always said Bill and Lois. Above all, Bill loved Jesus Christ, his church, and his family. He was an active member of Greater Life Church in League City, Texas, and he occupied himself with many hobbies most of which revolved all manner of livestock from exotic fish to English bulldogs, swans, migratory waterfowl, pheasants, cattle, horses, goats, and even chickens. His yard was his pride and joy. If you never saw his azaleas in full bloom, you missed out.
may be seated. Oh, Brother Pete and Dad, Honey, Papa, William Earl, Bill, Little Billy, and yes, even Bernie. Back in November, I had started the slideshow for Brother and Sister Peden's 60th anniversary celebration. Yes, I said 60. And at some point, it was pictures of the two of them in their childhood. And then I decided to play a little trick on him. And I had a record screech sound effect. And then I had a song come on with some of the pictures of him that you saw tonight looking like a macho man. And the song had lyrics that said, What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. <laughs> we showed some of the family and we laughed. And as comical as that was, I stand here tonight to say, What a man. What a mighty good man. We experienced something here two years ago, I mean two weeks ago, that was not normal for people down here. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, or whenever it may have been for you, if you experienced this, the power had gone out. And we were in darkness, and water would soon follow for many in our area. And on Monday, we passed out water to people in our community who were in need of such waters from a company, Reach Out America, a nonprofit organization that this man had a part of. As we were passing out water to people in need, time and time again, you would hear this phrase from people. You don't realize how important these things are until they are gone. And while we appreciate water and we appreciate electricity, many do not grasp a full appreciation until it is gone. Now, I appreciated this man so much. I valued his voice. I honored his honesty. And I understood how important he was to his family, his friends, and to his church. Tonight, I also understand just important how important he was to heaven. For Psalms 116 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And though I understand those things, only time will tell how important Bill Peden truly was to those of us that remain here tonight. I can say I appreciated this man so much, but now that he is gone, I realize it's just not the same without him. But we are not without hope, because one thing Bill Peden did was invest. I'm not talking about stocks and bonds. I'm not talking about real estate. But a far greater investment that is eternal. He was what Hebrews said, a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth. He sought a country and he desired a better country that is and heavenly. And because he lived his life in this way, he was able to invest in others. Children, grandchildren other people's children and grandchildren, friends, couples, the ministry, strangers, 
young adults finding their way. Guest at Greater Life Church, it did not matter. If you got around him, you were going to be invested in. His family said only very few people truly know the countless lives that he touched, the people that he took into their home, not just for a meal, but to live with time and time again. His laugh and smile will not ever leave my mind. His heart was bigger than life itself, and he loved big. Bill Peden was going to find you, he was going to meet you, and then he was going to love you. Earlier in this video, you see him in our service seeing somebody walk through the back door who was special to him. And you wonder who it was, who could that be, and I've stand here tonight to tell you it could be anybody. Anyone that walked through the back door, if he saw you, he was going to smile or wave or give that expression. He would laugh with you until you cried. And he would cry with you until you were both laughing. And I never left him where I felt down about anything. You know, Landon, and then his words were like a soothing balm that was exactly what I needed to hear in that very moment. And very few people have that gift today, and it is needed now more than ever. He was so sincere in his worship, his prayer, and his daily devotion. He would brag about his kids and say, now don't tell them I said that. And then he would brag about his grandkids and say, you can tell them that I said that. Now, I'm sure it was to keep some humble and some encouraged, but we'll never know. When he opened up our services here at Greater Life from time to time, he was so full of passion for God and the things of God. And it was not just words, it was his heartbeat. Every single time he would choke back tears because he meant every word that he said. I love to hear him tell a story. And I really love to hear Gammy finish telling the story right. I will miss our breakfast where you would invite us over and assure Sarah and I over and over and over again that there was nothing in your house that my boys could not tear up or break. And I lived in fear that one of them may hear that and take it as a challenge someday. And I know today so many could have spoken and truly would have had so many stories to tell you. But I am honored and humbled today to have been afforded this wonderful opportunity to speak on behalf of this precious man who was a good man. He was my friend. I thank Sister Peden and this wonderful family that I love. I was able to hear so many stories this week while visiting with the family and I wish I had no limit tonight so I could share all of them with you that would have you in tears, laughing. But what needs to be shared has truly already been shared with us all. And that is not my words or his obituary, but his life. He was a man who others looked up to. He had a marriage that everyone admired. He lived a life for God and left a treasure to his family. What a legacy. What a man. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. 
my friend will be so greatly missed and there is a great void in each of our lives. But Scripture says if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But I love what that song said, what a day that will be. For it said it best. There will be no sorrows there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness and no more pain. No more parting over there. But forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. What a day. What a man. We love you and we miss you. And we look forward to that glorious day. I'm kind of home, sick for a city. I've never been before No sad goodbyes Will ever be spoken For time won't
I'm going to preface my comments by saying that my father requested that we don't, these are his words, not mine, bawl and cry at his funeral. Um, And I've always tried to be a parent pleaser, and so I'm going to work very hard to comply. The second preference I'd like to say is that I'm going to use precise language in my comments, so don't hear something that I don't say. Like my brother just heard me say that I was a suck-up, not a parent pleaser. (laughs) And my sister just heard me lie. So don't be Greg and Michelle today. Just focus on what I'm actually saying. My father uh, was a bright light, and so it's dark when that light goes out. Uh, In 1977, he, January of 1977, he came into the house, and he announced to all of us, we were living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the time, which is Siberia. And he, he said to us that he had gotten a big promotion, and this is exactly how I remember him saying it. Kids, I've gotten a big promotion. We're going to move to Houston, Texas, and we're going to go to Life Tabernacle. Now, he did not say, I got a big promotion and we're getting a new car. We're going to get a big house with a pool. We're going to, it was about church. And so I, you know, there's a lot of people here, and, and we're, this is a Pentecostal church, if you didn't get that, it is, which means we have a schedule that we most likely will not stick to. <laughs> but if there is someone here who does not know Jesus Christ, we can pause. There's a baptismal right here, and my dad would have no greater joy than know that someone gave their life to Jesus Christ. Um, I, I want to thank a lot of people, but I want to thank this church because when Brother Kilgore passed away, another bright light was dimmed, and uh, my father um, lost his song. And so my mom said when he came here, that he found his song again. So while I know a lot of you think that you got a lot from him here, he gained a lot more than he gave. I would also, so so Greater Life, I would like to thank you. Now, um, my father's, if you've ever talked to my dad on the phone, his sickness was a lot like his phone calls, very brief. And, but on Wednesday, the family, we really had a, a crisis to deal with in his, his health. And we got really just, Chad's telling me to put the mic up closer. Um, we were dealing with an issue that, and the doctors just weren't giving us a lot of clarity. And so I have, for some unknown reason, I can talk to anybody and I always ask them for their phone number because I might need them someday. And Dr. Greg Bonin, who is a brain surgeon, he's also a state rep, I had his cell phone. And so um, I reached out to him and said, you have five minutes. Now, he is in the state legislature. In Texas, they meet 105 days every other year and they are very busy. 
And he responded, and I was kind of surprised. So I, he called me, and I said, Greg, I, you know, and I kind of gave him an explanation of what was going on. And he said, Chris, I can't give you a diagnosis without seeing his chart. So I, Jonathan and Brittany went to the hospital and got his chart. Brittany went to the office and made a lot of copies and emailed it to him. And during the legislation session, this guy has got meeting after meeting after meeting from early morning to late at night. Dr. Greg Bonin stopped and read 70 pages of my father's health chart and then called me and told me where we were so that my mom had information and we could all make decisions. Now, I'm not going to talk about politics here, but I'm going to tell you if Greg Bonin's name is on the ballot, the Peden family is going to check that box because he didn't have to do that, and I want to thank him publicly for doing that for my dad. Um, and I want to thank all of you guys for being here. Um, it means a lot to my mom and to me uh, because my dad was extremely special. And uh, I, I would be here all night if I started telling you stories, which I got to say that they've already changed because mom's slant on how they met and start, got married is really different than dad's. His never involved being on a knee and begging her to come back. Uh, that story morphed like over the weekend. I don't know. But my, my brother-in-law, Greg, because I have completely exhausted my ability to not break down, which I committed I would not do. But uh, my, my brother-in-law, Greg, is much more eloquent and than I am, and I've, I'm so glad that things happened, that Greg and Michelle came back, and I've been in two years in Wisconsin, and I came back all before Thanksgiving, so we could all be here together for this time with my father, and I just, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank all of you for being here. So one thing you may notice is that there are a few lanterns scattered about down here. For the past, I don't know, months, um, I don't know when it got started, but it seems that Gammy really got into decorating with lanterns. And at one point, he told her, if you bring another lantern in this house, you're going to eat it. And so she tried to start shopping for chocolate lanterns. <laughs> but what we wound up with is a few lanterns here just for good measure, since he doesn't, he's not here to defend himself. It is, it is overwhelming to see the response here today, tonight. We are very gratified, and we thank you so much for all of your support. I would just echo what Chris said. So much support we have felt over the past few days. It has been um, really amazing, and we have felt the arms and the strength of the Lord and his people. And I have wondered aloud, what do people do who don't know the Lord, and what do people do who don't know the Lord's people? And uh, you are a strength and a source 
of joy and comfort for us. We've shed a lot of tears over the last few days, but if you've ever been around the Pedans, you know there's been a lot of laughs going on too. My introduction to the Pedans came summer of 1987. Met Chris at Life Tabernacle, and I was here working. I was in the middle of going to college. I was working a summer job, an intern job down in Clear Lake, and Chris and I met, and as we started talking, he said to me, so how long do you have left in school? I said, i got about two years left. He said, you know, if you'd married my sister, I bet my dad would pay for the rest of your school. (laughs) I don't think Bill thought that was as funny as we did. He wasn't sure about letting his daughter go, and he sure wasn't sure about paying for my school. But you know, sociologists say that one of the most reliable predictors of successful child rearing, and especially of boys, is presence of strong male leadership and influence. And I've been blessed, honestly, with an embarrassment of riches in this regard. My own father has been the strongest influence in my life. I had godly grandfathers and godly uncles, and I've had some of the finest pastors who have ever lived. But Bill Peden was my unexpected gift because I did fall in love with Michelle, and we got married, and I thought that was a pretty big coup, and it was. And um, as it turns out, I got a lot more than a college education out of the deal. Bill and Lois were the gifts I never really anticipated. They became a second set of parents for me. They were a sounding board. They were another set of ears. They were another voice of steadiness. They were encouragement in dark times. And we went through some dark times. And I am so thankful for them, it would be hard to overestimate their influence in my life. You know, I would say one thing about Bill Peden, Papa. He was... I don't think he set out to be heroic or an inspiration. I think he was just a hardworking man who wanted to live his life with integrity. And he wanted to please God. He wanted his family to be healthy in their relationships with each other. And he wanted them to come to know and love the God that he had come to know and love. For Bill Peden, a big part of pleasing God meant doing everything with excellence. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing right, and it's worth doing well. And he modeled it in his own life, and he instilled it in his children. He didn't necessarily pick up on the electronic age as it came about. When we were first married... Michelle was working in the same office building with her dad downtown, and uh, her dad was in the much nicer floor than where she was, and uh, so she would sneak up there every once in a while, maybe at the end of the day, and she would go see her dad, and uh, she was standing in his office one day talking, and all of a sudden, there was this sound, just a, and she kind of got a funny look on her face, and he said, did you hear that? 
And she said, yeah, what was that? He goes, I don't know. I don't have any idea. It just, ever so often, couldn't figure out what was going on. She said, well, it sounds like it's coming from over here. She went over and pulled the drawer out, and it was a pager. His secretary had given him a pager. He didn't know what to do with it. He put it in the drawer and closed the drawer. And every time he would get paged, he would hear this funny noise. He had no idea. Bill Peden was stalwart. He was faithful. He was prayerful. He was playful. He was a lover of truth. He was studious. He was thoughtful. He was hilarious. He was the keeper of silly songs. I have no idea where all those songs came from. And some of them you would only hear once or twice and they would go back in the archives and you would think, where was that? He was the hater of leftovers. Absolutely despised leftovers. In fact, Sarah, I don't think he really came to like gumbo because he could not fathom that something would actually get better for three days in the refrigerator. Because nothing stays in the refrigerator for three days. Of course, he loved his yard work. He loved his animals. He loved people. He loved people, all kinds of people. He told me, he said he wasn't crazy about this new neighborhood they were living in because he couldn't get the people to talk to him. We were on a vacation one time, and I'm the kind of person, I just, in a crowd, I just want to stand real still and maybe nobody will see me. And we're getting, we were going on a cruise, we're on the boat, but everybody's trying to go up the elevator at the same time. There's hundreds of people in this lobby, and I'm just standing there just trying to make my way through the line. I'm standing there with him, and he is talking to everybody that comes by. He's trying to strike up a conversation. I'm thinking, just if you'll be real quiet, they won't notice us. That's not Bill Peden. You know, our understanding of God will always be limited, this side of heaven. One of the things the Bible teaches cover to cover is that the voice of God is all-powerful. Now, it's a strange thing to think about God, who exists outside the universe, actually talking. But you don't have to be three verses into Genesis before God is talking and saying, let there be light. And in fact, he continues talking all the way through the book up until the next to the last verse in Revelation. God is still talking. One thing that we learn is that when God speaks, it is impossible for him to lie. It's not just that God doesn't lie. It is that it is impossible for him to lie. Because if God states something that is contrary to this current state of the universe, the universe will rearrange itself to conform to his word. That's why he could stand in the darkness of Genesis 1 and just simply say, be light, and there was light. Or he could walk to the bow of the boat in the midst of a storm and say, peace, be still, and winds and waves rearrange themselves to conform to his word. Our hearts are broken, and we don't understand everything that has gone on. We have lots of questions, and a lot of those questions start with, what if? But I think I speak for everyone in the room 
when I say we take comfort in the fact that we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Our sorrow is real, and it hurts, and it's painful. But our sorrow has a floor. It is no bottomless pit of despair, but our sorrow has an expiration date. There is a day coming when death will be swallowed up in victory. And our hope is rooted in the word, even in the voice of God. John 5, Jesus himself says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. It seems to fly in the face of reason that the dead could hear any voice, but the voice of the Son of God is not just any voice. When I read this verse, my mind immediately goes to the story of Lazarus in John 11. You'll recall Lazarus was in the grave, in the tomb for four days, and there was a rock sealing the opening. But I would propose to you that Lazarus was actually not there at all. All that remained in that tomb was his lifeless body, an empty shell of what used to be. And even that would not have been in very good shape after 96 hours or so. Devoid of life, of personality, of vibrancy, of strength. It was not Lazarus at all. But at the cry of one word, Lazarus, all was made right with Lazarus. It is as though the Lord said, be light, be Lazarus. I believe that nature rearranged itself. And when Jesus said, Lazarus, that empty shell was repaired or recreated as needed. And the spirit of Lazarus filled that body again and he was resurrected. And where Lazarus had not been a few seconds ago, at one word, Lazarus, he was there. Even the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And he was then ready to obey the command to come forth. This is the root and ground of our hope. The shell that is here in our presence today is not Bill Peden. It's all we have left of what we remember of our friend, our confidant. But we have hope. Indeed, we have a promise that we will see him again. Now, I know when we think of the return of the Lord, we often think of the sound of a trumpet. And uh, we associate the sound of a trumpet with that event. But we need to read that passage closely. Because Paul says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. started thinking, what would the Lord shout on his return? I think the next phrase gives us a clue. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Is it possible that when the Lord returns with a shout, that what is embedded in that noise, in that sound of that shout, is the name of all of the righteous dead who are awaiting resurrection, and that with that shout, he calls them all up out of the grave? This is the great hope that we have. And it is no wonder that Paul says we comfort one another with these words. What great comfort these words bring to us. It is like the old song says, 
when sorrows like sea billows roll, it seems overwhelming. It seems that we're going to be taken under by the billows of sorrow that come over the top of us. But we know that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. What a great hope we have today and we can forever lean upon the unchanging word of the Lord. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well.
Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Paul Paul was um, my best friend. He was my idol. Everything I do in my life, I want to be just like him, except for raise bulldogs. I, I will not breed bulldogs and show them, I promise. I, that was... But I'm going to try, my goal is just to aim to be half the man he was. He set the bar so high that there is zero chance of any of us reaching the heights of what he did. He always told me, and Uncle Chris said this, he didn't want any of us crying at his funeral. He wanted a lot of laughter, a lot of stories. And I just feel like it's my response. I'm the oldest grandchild. And I feel like it's my responsibility to tell the Peden clan, as we call ourselves, what he would want us to hear. And the one thing he would want us to hear is, then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every single one of you, for the remission Sorry, I just totally messed it up as I'm crying. So, really, is, then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Papa always promised me that each one of our names were brought to the throne room of God each morning. He told me, Sean, I get on my knees and I pray for you. I get on my knees to make it hard, to make it uncomfortable, because reaching the throne room of God with our names was the most important thing that he did. And I don't, I'm not going to take a lot of time, but my thing is, who's going to bring your name to the throne room of God? It is our responsibility now to carry on the legacy of our grandfather and to pray for our own family. And the only thing he would want is for each one of us to be saved. He would want our spouses to be saved and our children to be saved. And the greatest thing we could do to honor our grandfather is to live like Jesus. Because he is the closest thing we're going to get. I love you, Papa, and I'm going to miss you every day. I'm not a speech writer, I'm not a speech giver, and I'm not as eloquent as the rest of my family, but I figured that there should be one girl that comes up here and says something. <laughs> there, I'm not going to take much of y'all's time either, but also because my Aunt Michelle said we're not allowed to. <laughs> Papa taught me four important lessons in my entire life. Number one... Put God first in everything, which I think you've heard a lot of. Prayer only takes a moment, and it won't hurt you. Number two, family is important. Love them always. Keep them close. So no more moving to Austin, Aunt Michelle. The third one, and I didn't know that my cousins and brothers didn't hear this one. I think that was on purpose. If you can't tell Papa about it, you ought not be doing it. Just so y'all, I know y'all are here. You should have heard that now. And the last, learn to laugh. Not only at every person around you, but at yourself. Life is too short to be angry, so just laugh. Thank you.
first, I'd like to thank everybody for showing your love and support over the Peden family. We've been so thankful for everyone's love over the past couple of days, and we thank you for that. Matthew seven twenty four and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Bill Peden based his life on the foundations of truth. He had many obstacles. He came from humble beginnings, but through every obstacle and every trial, he wavered not because his foundation was on the truth. I know that in his passing, we all have giant shoes to fill at Greater Life Church. My Paul did so much for Greater Life Church and many churches that he impacted, as the many people that have been here today can attest to. I hope to be one of those men that takes up the cross that my grandpa took upon himself and to carry on the name of Peden and to know that I'm a friend and a Christian because that is who my papa was. After we received the news of the loss that we were going to lose by Papa, I began to reflect on his life and what, what he wanted me to take away from the life that he lived. And as I sat there, I started thinking about the times that he told us that he would lift every, one of our names up in prayer every morning. Before he took his cup of coffee, before he has had his breakfast, he lifted up and he prayed to God. But I know in doing that, he also prayed for his soul, to make his soul right for the day, just in case he got the call to go home. I will never take another day for granted, because I know life is so short and it can be taken away in such a short time. So going forward, I have this mirror, I have this rope on the mirror at my house, and it's something that I will live out to the day that I get the call to go home, start every day with the end in mind. So I do not cry tears of sorrow, but tears of joy, because I know my Paul has received the one thing he lived his life for, to hear those precious words that we all wish to hear one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you. Hello, my name is Matthew William Starks, grandson of Bill Peden. My grandfather was a great-grandfather. I have had great memories with him of the last 23 years. Memories from the first house in Flintford, the second house in Elfin, and now their house in Flintford. My favorite memory was feeding the goats at the farm and the whole family going to Disney World starting from when I was about three years old. We went numerous times with my with Papa and Gammy, but I will really miss his oatmeal and I know he'll miss my such humor. Love you Papa, wish I could hug you right now.
difficult for me to follow that. What a wonderful outpouring of love from all of you to this great family. Now, Brother Peden, we know that you didn't want a lengthy funeral, but you'll have to argue with us about that when we get to eternity. I know tonight that I am acutely aware that my capacity to speak that will give honor to him is very limited. When I lay awake the other night after his passing, I wondered what could I say when his life has said it all. Now, I don't want to be sacrilegious tonight, but we really shouldn't be here. Because in my mind... Bill Peden was never going to die. From my meeting him in 1977 to just these past few weeks, the man that I met then is the man that I knew now. And he was ageless. He was like some things that just get better with age and every season of life made him only a better and greater man. I think perhaps the reason that I feel that way is because the spirit in which he lived his life. There may be some of you tonight that are of the mistaken opinion that we are here because of a death, but that could not be further from the truth. We are here because of a life, a life that has touched all of us in some significant way a life that has made such a difference to all of us, a man of integrity, a life of honor, a life of service, so many things that you've heard tonight you're going to hear me repeat because there's just something about this man that when you're in his presence, it becomes obvious of what his love is and what was important to him and what mattered. He was a man that had devotion, not only to his family, but to his friends. And I am grateful that I could call him my friend. He was a wonderful husband. And you're right, Sister Peden, you're never going to find anybody else like him, so don't even look. We've been joking with Jonathan about having to learn how to make coffee because Brother Peden would get up in the morning and make coffee and he would take it to Sister Peden and then when she would come in and they would sit in their recliners together, if it got too cold, he knew exactly how much time to put on the microwave to warm it up to the temperature. That's devotion, folks. That's devotion. What an amazing father. Chris and Greg and Michelle... You guys have been so blessed. What a legacy. What an example. And to his grandchildren. You were the joy of his life. And when you wanted to see a big smile, just ask him 
about his grandkids. He was a genuine friend. He was a loyal brother. He was, in my estimation, a true statesman. He was an excellent example. When I think of Bill Peden, I think of words like principled, governed by a higher rule of life, wise, respected, able, available, a leader among men. And because of these things, his life was one of great influence. I told the family the other day when we were waiting that moment, you and I don't get to choose the fortuitous ways of life or how life will end. But Bill Peden discovered something better than knowing the end. He found a way of living so that whenever that moment came, that end, it wouldn't matter because he was ready. He was prepared. He lived that life. And he showed us how to live so that when you die, life at that moment is not a question, but a mere comma and a passing to an eternal life. To his family tonight, We cannot even begin to feel the sorrows that you have felt this week. But I will tell you, I feel a deep emptiness in my life tonight. I lay awake at 3 o'clock in the morning the day after he passed. And it came so real that I would not see him again in his usual place. And that left a great void in my life and I laid there for a few moments and I realized that the morning is for us not for him the morning is because of what we have lost and what has passed from our presence what is no longer with us and that presence that is gone will not be easily replaced a light Chris has gone out, and it is a little darker tonight. There was a love that Brother Peden gave out that he never expected in return. He just gave it out. But in giving in that way, it came back into his life a thousand times over. He was loved like no other man that I know of. He was a valuable contribution to the kingdom of God, not just the church, but the kingdom of God and the community that he lived in. You think about his life and you can't think about it without United Way. He was very involved there. We've heard about Reach Out America. As a matter of fact, the very first truck that was delivered with supplies for those in need went to their house and was put in their garage and was passed out into the community for those that were in need. Hope Village, scholarships for children, calling me and people on Monday. This is the invaluable service that I am going to miss as a pastor. Every Monday morning, Lois and Bill Peden would get out our church directory and they would go through and they would mark every person that they didn't see Sunday and call them to check on them and see how they were doing. Every Monday 
morning. Every day, he would begin his day with prayer for you. He called your name individually. Years ago, it was in the mid-80s, he and I had a conversation. And he told me, there are two passages of Scripture that really haunt me. Matthew 25 and 42 and James 1, 27. For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. I was sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? And he said, Then shall be answered, then he shall answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not unto the least of these, you did it not unto me. For pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Those were passages that molded his life. When you saw his actions, you realized where it came from. Tonight, I find no utterance more suitable to my feelings toward this man than the language of Scripture found in 2 Samuel chapter 3. Know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day. And I am this day weak. Bill Peden was a prince of a man. He was a chief among men. He was a man who raised the level of life everywhere he went. There's an interesting root word connected to the word prince that is a threefold meaning, and it literally means to lift, to carry, to take. And is that not what Bill Peden did for all of us? You could not be around him without feeling like you were being lifted to a better place. You could not be around him and not feel like some moment that you were actually being carried into a higher place. He would take you sometimes because of his great passion for God. He raised the level of life wherever he went. And he was a great man. His greatness did not consist of chance, but character. It did not come from money, but morals. It did not come from power, but principles. He was chosen by the king. He was faithful through the years. He was one who stayed close to the king all of his life. 
His walk with God was never in question. You never had to wonder if Brother Bill Peden was going to make it. A minister to the ministry and serving the king until the very end. A man of valor, a man of deep prayer, a man of the word, a man of faith. Guided by principles and his life all the years that I've known Brother Peden, his life has never been in conflict with the kingdom agendas of his Lord and Savior. He never changed masters. He was loyal to the end. His greatness is found in that faithfulness and in that devotion and reverence. There was no responsibility that he shirked. There was no duty that he abandoned. He lived for no other purpose but to glorify the one he loved the most, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what you and I have to understand tonight, that his influence must not die with his passing, but it must live on through us. Where can you have a more memorable example of what a Christian ought to be than in our beloved Brother Peden? And now his place will be empty and he will be missed. We are left the weaker for his departing. And if there is any man that wore a mantle in his life, this man wore a mantle. And that mantle has fallen. This man who was infectious with his laughter, you could not be around him and not feel the joy of life. You could not be in his presence and not smile at something. He was adamant that there was going to be a lifting of the heart. And that smile that greeted you and so oftentimes cheered us has now faded from his face and now it must be found on our face and somebody in this building is going to have to take up that mantle and determine in their life that I am going to have that merry heart and be a healing balm to the world in which I live. Amen. We've lost the happy privilege of his laughter that's cheered all of us And how many times have we rolled in its wonderful euphoric feeling of joy and gladness. And now it must live on in some of us. And we must need take up that mantle and show the world that you can live for God and still have fun. Amen. You can serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. He used his talents for the good of the kingdom and his resources were at the disposal of the king. Now it is our happy privilege to take that mantle up. I wonder tonight, will anyone pick up his mantle? The hands that have served have grown cold tonight. Bill Peden opened doors He pulled out chairs and set up tables and served 
Not because we were helpless or unable to do that, but because he wanted to show us how valuable we were to God. Now our hands must be energized with that same kind of passion. Somebody must take up that mantle. The feet that stood through the vicissitudes of life. 1977 to 2021. What you saw then is what he was now. He was loyal to truth as has been mentioned over and over again. So now our feet, somebody say my feet. Now my feet must take my stand as resolutely as he took his stand. I wonder if anyone will pick up that mantle tonight. The voice that has prayed consistently daily for his family, for his church, for his friends, for the lost, and for those who come through the doors of this assembly that do not matter to many people, but they mattered to him. That voice has grown silent tonight. So who among us will take up that mantle and lift up our voice and care for the helpless? And the hurting and the faith that believed and held on firm amid all of the changes of life that has now been laid down. And who among us tonight will pick up that mantle and contend for the faith as our Bill Peden did. Now it's important tonight, and I'm closing that we gain the right perspective in this moment. Because sometimes through the tears of our grief, we often lose focus of the truth of what this moment represents. We have lost much, but he has gained everything. Everything he lived for. Everything he loved. Everything he wanted. So I have a question to ask you tonight. Why do we weep? We weep for heads that are crowned with the crowns of heaven. Do we weep for hands that grasp the harps of gold? Do we weep for eyes that see the Redeemer? Do we weep for hearts that are released from the guilt of sin and are throbbing with eternal happiness? Do we weep for men who are in their Savior's presence? Do we weep for poverty that has been turned into riches? Do we weep for sickness that has been exchanged for health? Do we weep for weakness that has been glorified with strength? Do we weep over mortality that has taken on immortality? And I say, weep no, rather rejoice. Jesus said, if you knew what it was that I have said unto you and where I have gone, you would rejoice with a joy that no man could take from you. Brother Peden, what must it be like to step on a shore and find it heaven, to clasp a hand outstretched and find it God's hand. What must it be like to breathe new life 
and that be celestial air to feel refreshed and find it immortality. What must it be like? Ah, to step ashore amid storm and stress to an eternal calm, to one unbroken calm, to wake and find your home. Hallelujah. And from that tonight, none of us want to take it. So, Brother Peden, enjoy your new house. And just know that there's a host of people in this building tonight that are making preparations to join you one time again. Because this is not the end. This is just an interlude unto a better day. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
take it back just a bit. We're going to sing some songs that some of you might not even remember so long ago. And I'm telling you tonight, there's nothing that would have made Brother Peter more happy than that you, you would get up on your feet and that you would put your hands together and that you would clap them like you've never clapped them before. For our great God and King, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he's wonderful, he's wonderful, Jesus is to me. Hey, come on, everybody in the sanctuary tonight. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His Wonderful, 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 Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. Saving me.
If you can, you can try to be seated.
sorrow there No more burdens will have to bear No more sickness, no more pain No more parting over there And forever I'm gonna be And what a day. 